You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Well, I'm going to go ahead and invite up a friend of mine. Uh, this is Lindsay. She's making her way up to, to the stage. Everybody say hi, Lindsay. Yeah, it may be a familiar face to you here. Uh, you can come on over here. Front and stage, oh, where the lights are. Yeah, we need to get each other the lights here. But Lindsay's a friend of mine, and we've been working closely on, on a on a. Pro, on a big event that we have coming up here on campus here in a few weeks. And I'm just going to kind of let her introduce herself, tell you a little bit about herself, and also tell you about this really cool event that we have coming up. All right, so I am Lindsay Moore. Um, I see lots of familiar faces, some new faces, so welcome everyone. Um, We are excited about date night right around the corner. It's February 15th from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Um, We'll have dancing and music um, from Jesse Teach who is a great um, songwriter and performer. Very exciting um, to have her here. It will also have music dinner catered in by Babo. Um, So that will be delicious appetizers and dinner. Um, It'll be an elegant, formal, semi-formal evening. So a great way to get away from the kids, but kind of still stay close to home. Um, So just get away, get some tickets. Um, Come join us for a fun night. We'll have some games and... Um, door prizes, so we'll have some good things to give away, and just have a fun evening together with your spouse or your your date, um, and just fellowship amongst us all, so it'll be a good night. Can they get registered? What, what's the process? What does it look like? When so, is, is there a deadline? What? Yes, there is. So February 8th is our deadline. Um, we need to give catering enough notice, so make sure you log online at the church website. You can get your tickets there. Um, February 8th is the deadline. Um, tickets are 30 bucks each, 60, 60 bucks a couple, so reason, very reasonable for dinner and a fun night. So. Yeah, and if, if you're out there and single and, and wondering, well, am I welcome to come? Yeah, sure, you're welcome yeah, to come. Everybody. Cost for you would be $30. Um, so yeah, you're, you're welcome to come on out. It should be a section on, on the registration uh, page for you to get registered as well. It's really just going to be a, just a great, fun night, great option for, for Valentine's Day. I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, so we hope that you can come out. And also, you should have maybe walked in with, uh, uh, with a card, an invite card. So I encourage you to be thinking about maybe who, can, who you can be inviting in, in your sphere of influence, whether it be friends, family, coworkers. Because, again, I think this is, will really be a, a fun, well-done event, and I think you'll really enjoy it. So we hope, hope to see you out for that. Um, can Absolutely. Just say, it's, uh, it's for yeah. our church, but it's open to everyone. So yeah. feel free to invite your neighbors or someone who goes to a church, doesn't go to church. We don't care. It's open to everyone. And we really see this as an outreach opportunity. Just get them on campus to, to see, oh, these, these church people really aren't that bad, right? They dance and they, they, they listen to music and they have fun too. So we do a, like, Yeah, we do like to have fun. And one of the, the big pluses is you'll get to see um, our courtyard all lit up. It'll look elegant and it'll just be a fun night. Um, many of you don't know, but the church is rolling out a um, wedding and event side of our church called... North Valley Garden, so more to come on that, but it'll be a great chance to see what, what, our, what our campus looks like when it is all lit up, and we do weddings and events out here, so um, just come and have a good time with us. We thank Lindsay for all the work she's doing. Thank you. Awesome. I'm going to go ahead and invite Brian Carr up here. Brian is, is, is on staff here at North Valley, and he's just got a couple uh, quick announcements, and we'll continue on with our service. All right. Well, uh, today is the day, and you guys are the first service people, which are awesome. Um, So if you didn't know, today after second service, we are 
uh, putting on our amazing neighborhood group get together. Um, we're going to have food, so hot dogs, hamburgers, some sides. Uh, we're going to have volleyball, which is going to be a ton of fun. We're going to have some yard games, so bocce ball, uh, cornhole, a bunch of different fun things like that as well. But um, it's going to also just be a great time to hear more about the neighborhood groups that are going to be launching, uh, not this week, but the following, following week, February 2nd. So a uh, couple of things with that. One, uh, Please, please come. If you guys, uh, I know you're the first, first round, you know, early service, go home, get your volleyball clothes on, come on back at noon, because we're going to have a really, really fun time. Uh, and it's just going to be great to get to see the neighborhood group leaders, uh, get to see other people in our church. Uh, we do a lot of fun things, obviously, during service, but um, it's, it's great when you get to fellowship with each other uh, following service as well. So definitely want to invite you to that. Uh, and the second piece, though, is uh, if you can't make it, we understand, but uh, we still want you to sign up for neighborhood groups. So if you're not part of a neighborhood group, uh, I would encourage you to get on our website. We have uh, the, there's a little clickable thing on the, the homepage that says, uh, don't do life alone. And you can click on that. It gives you all the information about the open groups. I would encourage you to register, find a group, get plugged in because we don't want you to do life alone. And it's amazing getting to have uh, just a fellowship together as, as a family and a smaller community, you get to ask questions. Uh, basically, those groups, we just go through the lesson um, or the previous message from that week. So you get to have a little bit of dialogue. If there's questions that you don't understand about the sermon, um, it's a great way to have uh, time to interact with leaders and each other to, to learn more about what we talked about on Sunday. So special invitation for that. Please be here if you can make it. Um, now, secondly, uh, you may have noticed Pastor Ryan hasn't been or isn't around today. So something kind of cool is happening. Uh, Pastor Ryan, the elders, they all went over to Mission Grove. Um, that's a church that we helped uh, launch, helped plant uh, earlier this year, and they needed some special help today. So, so Ryan and, the, uh, and Andy Branch and Steve Sutton all loaded up a truck, took one of our baptism uh, troughs over there. They're going to be doing a baptism service next week. Um, so he's not here. But in his stead is actually a really good friend of mine, uh, Chris Trufine. He's uh, been in the Valley for, for quite a few years. I've known him for about 10 years. Um, this is a young guy, loves the Lord, uh, loves to share God's word. He's preached in a couple different churches across the Valley. And uh, it's, it's my pleasure to introduce him, have him come on up. Um, this is him and his lovely family here. And he's just going to share for us uh, the, God's word today. And Ryan had a chance to hear some of his messages and just really encouraging. So Chris, if you want to come on up. Uh, you guys can welcome him. Hey, buddy. Hey, how are you? All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, um, praise God. Good morning, everyone. Glad that we're here. Glad that we're together. Um, actually, the, the reason I'm here is because of what Brian and his wife, Alita, did. Brian and his wife, Alita, um, are good friends of ours, but what they did is they reached out and they said, come see this place, come see this church, North Valley, where we go. And we did, we came, my wonderful wife and I, Cornelia, and our five children are here, and we have actually, are proud to call North Valley Church our home church now. So what that means is, you never know who you can invite or who you can reach out to and say, hey, you know what, it's been a while, I haven't invited you, why don't you come on down uh, to see what's going on or to support me as your friend or whatnot. And then that way, um, we can continue to be uh, a community that gets to hear the gospel, the good news, but also a, com a community that gets to be warm 
and welcome and connect with each other. So God bless you. Keep doing that. It's, it's wonderful to do that. Before we get into the word, I would like to say a prayer. Um, and if we can support each other in that, Lord, I come before you and I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you so much for what you're able to do. This morning, let us hear your word. Let us understand what you desire for our lives, Lord, and let us be sensible to the Holy Spirit's work in our life. Thank you for all that you've done up until now. Continue to bless us in the way you know how, giving strength where strength is needed, faith where faith is needed. Bless Pastor Ryan, the elder team, and everyone giving support at Mission Groves. Bless uh, Mission Groves Church and everything they do in the community. Be with them there. Also, Lord, be with us here at North Valley this morning and continue to touch our lives in the way you know how. We love you and we thank you. In the mighty name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. So um, last week, Pastor Ryan uh, talked about uh, how we can make choices and how we can uh, be able to maneuver through making good choices, bad choices, and we're in a series called the Fixer Upper Series and how we can fix things in our lives more than just us fixing things in our lives, how God can fix things in our lives also. So he talked about the prodigal son and the choices he made and so on. Uh, today, we want to talk about fix my fears and failures. Um, and what that means is how God can work in our lives and how we can be very self-aware of what God is doing in our life so we can get past some of our own fears, um, some of maybe our own failures where we've been saying to ourselves, well, you know what, I failed, and that's it, that's my life, or I'm too scared to do that, so that's for other people. So I just want to encourage you with the message today and to be able to do that. Um, I want to tell you about a home security company, a local security company, uh, wrote an article called Yikes um, for 2018. And what they did was something really cool. They put together the maps of the U.S. And then they had their methodology on the article, how they do this. But for each state, they were able to figure out what was the top searched fear of people. And uh, there's some interesting findings, but I just took a couple that stuck out to me. New Mexico, a really sunny state in the U.S., guess what they're afraid of? They're afraid of the dark, okay? Uh, Colorado and Michigan, their top uh, fear is bugs. And I would say some of ours too, right? Montana, that, uh, a state with tall peaks. They have the granite peak, Mount Wood. What do you think they're afraid of? Heights. They're scared of it. Uh, California, home to Silicon Valley and Hollywood. They have a fear of success. Texas. Texas has what's called phanophobia, the fear of everything. Everything scares Texas. I know they want to act like they're big and tough, but they have their own fears. Um, and Arizona's top searched fear for 2018 is called anthrophobia, fear of people. So I don't know what that means. I, was very, I thought it was going to say bugs or scorpions or something else, but there you have it for Arizona. But you know what's interesting? The top fear, uh, all of them combined, the top fear still remains public speaking uh, for everyone. So that's how we can relate to everyone in the U.S. And what that means is if you're at a funeral, the guy who's given or the person who's giving the eulogy is more scared to give that eulogy than to be in the casket. And that's what we do to ourselves. That's what we do to ourselves. We give in to our fears. 
we give in to our failures, and then we convince ourselves. Um, so what I want to do is read the text um, this morning and see how uh, the Lord can speak to us. It's uh, from Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 22 through 33. And this is what the Word of God says. Immediately, he, this is Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Um, so a church sign once said, Need a lifeguard? Ours walks on water, right? This is the text. This is where we get that. This is where they got the sign from. Uh, Jesus walked on water. Peter walked on water also. So what we want to talk about today, though, is your boat. The disciples had their boat, and we have our own boat in this life. And the boat can be the things that's your comfort zone, the, the place you feel safe in, the, the place you feel comfortable in. Um, some people go through life whistling, and that's fine. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. But you cannot row it gently down the stream if you're in a storm. Things change. Uh, from the text, we'll see Peter, a disciple of Jesus. He gets out of what uh, is his comfort zone, out of what is, is his safety at the moment. And he, he steps out toward Jesus, toward his Savior. Um, what was a relief to him, what was satisfying to him, what made him happy before he was a fisherman, would have been to just stay in the boat. Let Jesus come to me. But he actually does something amazing, and he steps out of his boat. Um, we're going to talk about walking on water, not literally, um, but facing our failures, our fears, so that what we can do is overcome and we're able to do things because of God, because of the faith that God puts in us. Um, and that way we don't get used to doing things only on our own. So there's different attitudes that I have listed here of people that stay in the boat. We can name them excuses um, of why I shouldn't step out, the why uh, behind what I found talking to people and in myself of getting out of the boat or stepping out, why some people are standing still in their lives um, and not able to do certain things. And one of them is, uh, an uh, all of them are attitudes, but one of them is the attitude of I can't. The attitude that is uh, fatalistic, that where people convince themselves and they say to themselves, why should I even try? What's the point of trying to do something, <clears throat> excuse me, impossible? 
You know, I've seen people walk on, I've seen people try to walk on water or kids and I'm going to do it. They're going to sink and they're going to fail because, well, that's the elements and things like that. But I don't want to be the guy that fails, right? Um, so they convince themselves. But we find that through scripture, through the Holy Spirit, through Christ, his revealed word, his open revelation to us, he gave us a book to read about him and what he wants for our lives. We find in this book, um, words and scriptures that speak out to us and encourage us against these attitudes and against the attitude of I can't. Scripture comes gently and uh, powerfully sometimes and says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. If you can just get enough strength. Have you seen it uh, when I was a kid? And of course, I have children. Uh, how many times they fall down and they're like, I can't anymore. I can't do this. I can't do that. And you're like, yeah, you can. It's just you fell down a couple times. Get right back up and try again. And we're that. That's built in us. Try again. Do it. And we're good at encouraging others to do it. But maybe you're here today. And what I want to encourage you is try again. Whatever that passion was in your life that the Lord spoke to you, maybe a long time ago or even now, try again. There's the attitude of leisure. I have everything I need. I'm in America. I'm in Arizona one of the biggest retirement com communities, Florida, God's waiting room, but I'm here, right? I'm here, and what, why do I need to do anything? I'm comfortable, and why let other people do it? Well, um, again, Scripture, again, the words of God, to do what? To encourage us. There is in the book of Luke a parable that Jesus gives, a story. He calls him a nobleman, a man that gives um, his ten servants um, in this story, uh, money, Greek money to invest. And he says, invest this. I'm going to go, I'm going to leave for a while. I'm going to come right back. And I, what I want you guys to do is invest this money. He comes back, nine out of the 10 guys invested the money, doubled it, tripled it, what have you. One guy didn't. He says, no, I'm going to hide the money. Um, I'm not going to do anything with it. And in this story, uh, the man is told, why didn't you invest? Why didn't you do anything with what I gave you? And what he had was taken from him and given to the one who had more. So what does scripture tell us? Yeah, it's good to have comfortable things. It's good to have some comfort. We can't be go, 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 and then never rest. But what scripture tells us is when you're given something from the Lord, whatever it is, he wants you to do something with it. It's not just for you. It's for everyone around you. There's also the attitude of indifference. I don't need to venture out. Uh, the opposite of love is not hate. I thought it was hate for many years. It's actually indifference. It's actually saying, um, that's not for me. And again, in scripture, we have uh, in the book of Luke, the Good Samaritan example. Those who are familiar with the story, um, a man was attacked, left for dead on the side of the road. And a priest came by in the story and looked at the man and went right by him. A Levite came by, looked at the man. A Levite is also uh, a priest in the Bible. Looked at him, but he probably had a lot of stuff to do too. And actually, Levites couldn't touch unclean things or certain things that were going on. So he's probably like, not for me. But there was what's called the Good Samaritan, a man who said, no, this guy needs help. I gotta do something. I can't be indifferent. And in this story, it's, it's an example of love. The first, the first priest that walked by didn't hate the guy that fell on the side of the road. He was indifferent. 
which is the opposite of love. The second guy didn't hate him. He was just indifferent. The third guy was not indifferent. He actually showed love. So my encouragement to myself and you is let's not be indifferent and let's continue to do the good things that Christ has called us to do and the word of God calls us to do, to venture out. Um, There's also an attitude of fear, the unknown. Fear paralyzes people. But you know what? If I were to ask you and say to you, do you, let's imagine with me if we can go back many moons, many years back, right? Would you want God to show you everything you'd have to go through, good and bad? When you're younger, you're like, yeah, show me, Lord. I'd like to see it all. When, you're, when, when you've matured in life, you're like, I don't want to see. I don't know how I got through that. I have no clue how I went through that. But I do know that while I went through that, God was with me. Would I want to go through it again? Probably not. But Lord, thank you that I went through it. I'm stronger and I'm good. So you wouldn't want to know. You wouldn't want God to show you everything. Some things are still mysteries and they're good to be that way. So there's that attitude of fear that paralyzes people uh, of the unknown or of many other things. Um, But again, the word of God says, fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. Again, the word of God is saying what? Wherever you go, I'm with you. Believe that, trust in that, remember that. And there's also the attitude of reputation. A lot of times we don't step out of the boat because what are people gonna say? I know who I am. I know the good, the bad, and ugly about me, but not everyone knows me. Uh, Peter, um, we see him uh, as a people pleaser sometimes in scripture. When he became a Christ follower, he went with what's called the Gentiles, the people who were not Jewish uh, descent, and they were looked down upon. And he went to the Gentile Christians, and he ate with them, and he fellowshiped with them. And then when he saw the Jews who were not Christian, he's like, oh, shoot, they see me. I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to be with my Jewish Christian friends. And he was people-pleasing, and he cared about his reputation, and Paul, his a friend of his, a disciple of the Lord, confronts him and it says, don't be a hypocrite, man. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't do those kind of things. I know you got a rep. I get it, but don't do that because that's hypocrisy. Um, People pleasing is not going to help you right now. And, And Paul confronts Peter. Moving on, we know Peter as doing what? Concerning Christ, denying him three times, right? Peter denied Christ. Hey, aren't you his follower? Oh no, man, that's not me. Hey, aren't you the guy... I said, that's not me. And then the third time, I think it's you. And he's like, no, it's not me. So Peter had that himself. He had his own fears. He had his own failure because he denied Christ. But we'll see later in the text how God comes and works in Peter's life through all of that. There's also the attitude of failure. Why should I do that? Because I might mess up, right? What if I mess up? Well, there's a a pastor that said, you know what? If you mess up, then the mess will become the message. God will use your mess up to be able to encourage others because of the way you go through it and the way you come out of it. So there is that attitude of failure. And you know what? Failure didn't disqualify Peter. If you look at what happened in Peter's life, failure didn't disqualify because he turned back to God for help. He's like, I know people can't help me, but I know God can help me. 
Failure didn't exclude Peter's from, uh, Peter from Jesus' plans. Peter preached a sermon where 3,000 people turned to Christ after he went through everything. Peter was the one who was restored by Jesus Christ, who was reconciled. And Jesus came to him and said, no, 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 I'm not done with you. I, I'm going to need more than you just stepping out of the boat now. I'm going to need you to be what's called a pillar of the church. And you're going to impact many, many lives. And Peter accepted that. After all of what he's been through, again, Scripture, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, um, comes and gives us the good news. Whatever you're going through, whatever fear, whatever failure, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. God's grace is enough to get us through many hard things, easy things, but to get us through. Um, the Bible says, my flesh and my heart may fail in Psalm 73, but God is the strength of my heart. God is my portion forever. And then Proverbs teaches us, for a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. That's God's people. That's God's children. They fall, they get back up. They fall, they get back up. What is up with God's children? They, you can't keep them down. Why? They serve him. They look to him and he helps them back up and he can help us back up each and every time. Amen? So moving on, what did Peter do when he failed? Peter wept. He cried bitterly, bitterly. When he knew he denied Christ, he had real tears. He was sobbing. And my encouragement is what we can get from that is not just a sad story where we all leave heavy here today. No, Peter cried and wept bitterly because he knew what he did. He knew his failures. He knew his mess ups. He knew his people pleasing. He knew all of that, but he knew he denied Christ. And he's weeping and crying and grieving. Um, I also work as a grief counselor and I, I see people grieve uh, and they think they, they only grieve during funerals or the loss of a loved one. Actually, you can grieve any, any loss in your life because you grieve the same way. The same way you grieve a death is the same way you grieve a job loss. The same way you grieve a death is you grieve an expectation or a, a mess up or something in your life. It's the same pattern, the same journey that I've seen over and over. I talked to a man um, in his late 80s. Um, he's passed on now. A week before he died, I talked to him and he actually got to grieve things from his childhood. And he goes, no one ever, you know, my dad said to just hide it and he said to not talk about it. And all we did was give him some open space and he grieved and cried and he found peace with a lot of things from his childhood. And then a week later, um, he died and he's with the Lord. Um, grieve your, grieve uh, the things that are painful to you. Grieve your sin Grieve the mess ups, grieve the things you go through, but then go forward. Take that, take that pain that transforms in you into something better. And you, we learn from our mistakes, don't we? We're good at that. And we pass them on to our families and our children. Don't do that. I've been there, please. Um, so we learn that Peter weeps bitterly. But I want to encourage you to get out of the boat from time to time when God calls you. And the reason we should get out of the boat is because our faith is being tested Jesus sent the disciples in the boat. He said, go on the water. He was watching them from, on, from far away, and he knew the storm they were in. He knew he's going to go to them. He knew that little kingdom was in the boat and that he's going to have to test them and put them through this. And then we, it's easy to read a story and like, wow, tough storm they went through. Oh, cool, they're worshiping Christ. It was more than that. It was between 3 and 6 in the morning, and they're going through a really big faith test in their life. 
And I don't know why a lot of tests have to be between three and six in the morning, especially new parents, but it has to be that way. Um, but you know what? The Bible reminds us over. God gave us a, not a spirit of fear. Um, he gave us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-control. And remember Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I won't be scared because I know God's with me. And another reason we should step out of the boat is God's doing his part. We can trust that God will do his part. The same way we tell our kids, mom and dad are going to do their part. I need you to do your part, right? And again, scripture encourages us from Philippians, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And in Hebrews, Paul writes, he equips you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Those are the reasons we should step out of the boat. God's doing something, and we need our faith tested. Everything on earth is tested. Before you get it on the free market, it's going through. A, remember those commercials of crash test dummies? You didn't just magically get that car. There was a lot of tests that went before it can be sold to you. Um, it's the same way with us. We got to go through a lot of things before um, we learn and then we trust. Um, be aware. That's what I want to tell you about on the back of your, uh, on the back of your sheet here. Step out in faith to God's calling. But remember when you step out of the boat, number one, be aware that it's truly Jesus calling you. That's what Peter said. Lord, if it's you, call me. Okay? And Jesus said, all right, come on, step out. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Um, know that it's Jesus calling you into what you're doing. There was a classroom and the teacher wanted to teach his students about life. And he wanted to teach them about performance and about experience. And he invited two speakers into the classroom. And he told those two speakers, one was a great orator and he could speak and recite. And one was an elderly gentleman. And uh, he told them both, I want you guys to recite Psalm 23. So the, guy, the first guy, the great orator got up and he recited Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. By the time he was done, the class is clapping and they're like, maybe he should do it again. They love this guy. And that's what he does. He's performing. And then the second guy gets up, the elderly gentleman who's been through some stuff. And he starts saying, the Lord is my shepherd. And there's like a deep devotion atmosphere in the room. And some people even want to pray. And after class, one of the students asks the orator, he goes, what's the difference Things were really different when you said it and when he said it. It was the same psalm. And the orator said, you know what? I know Psalm 23, but that guy knows the shepherd. And there's the difference, right? Know that it's Jesus calling you. Know that it's Christ. Know who's the one calling you. Moving on is repeat to yourself and others what God has done in your life. Repeat it over and over because those stories will, uh, and those experiences will hold you. And scripture says that. In Psalm 40, verse 9 and 10, I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I've not hidden your deliverance in my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness, of your salvation. I didn't hide it. I didn't hide your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Speak of it. Tell them to your family and friends and others because it's going to give you that 
confidence and trust. Um, number three, focus on Jesus and not your circumstances. How many times do we look at our circumstances and we're like, no way, we're never going to get out of this. No way, I just don't see, I just don't see how we're going to do this. We don't see the end result yet, but God just wants us to start walking. He starts, he wants us to start moving. But a lot of times we look around and we're like, nope, not going to do it. That's too crazy. Um, but when you look upon Jesus, upon, through your, through your eyes of faith to Christ, um, I remember you're changed. I remember a hymn that's saying, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And the worship team says, amen. amen. Yeah, they know that song. Number four, reach out to God in prayer. That's what Peter did. He began to sink and he's like, Lord, save me. The Bible says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Pray, Lord, I need you. I, I need you to do this work. And he will answer because the, Lord, the Lord's hand is not short, shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear dull that it can't hear. He hears you and his hand will come and save you from whatever you're going out to. So reach out to God in prayer. And number five, press on. But while you press on, while you move in life, while you step out of your own comfort zones, um, worship Jesus while you're doing it. A lot of times we get sucked into whatever it is that we're doing, work and life, and we go and we do, and it looks amazing. You're like, wow, that family's amazing. Look at all they're doing. But it won't affect you as much unless you're worshiping the one who gave you that purpose to walk and do and be. Worship him. Immediately, Jesus reached out in verse 31, took Peter's hand, took hold of him and saying, oh, you little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Uh, Luke 16, verse 16, was a, a, a huge encouragement to me personally um, going in life. There were many times I wanted to give up on certain things in life. I said, Lord, it's too hard. Lord, it's too much. Lord, I can't. Lord, I've messed up. I've landed flat on my face many times, uh, figuratively, uh, but I can't, right? I've used those attitudes myself. But then the word of God jumped out one day from Luke 16, 16. And it basically says this, the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man press it into it. Then I looked up King James. I wanted to be, that was King James. I, want, I looked up ESV. I wanted to be more convinced. In ESV, it says, in that translation, it says everyone forces his way into it. But I'm like, that's not enough. Forces and press their way in. These sound like strong people. So I found a commentary that says this. In a sense, this verse from Luke can be rendered, the kingdom of God presses ahead relentlessly and only the relentless press their way into it. There are times in life where maybe someone from Texas will say, buck up. This is the time you go. This is the time you do. This is the time you speak. This is the time you invite. This is it. This is that moment. And you get that encouragement. Uh, we just uh, celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. He said, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Come on, we can do it. We can get up. We can keep moving forward. Philippians says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. But like I said, worship. 
they got back in the boat and they're like, whoa, this, this guy has the attributes of God. He can stop wind and wave. But more than that, our faith now says this is the son of God. And you know what? There was a centurion when Jesus was on the cross being crucified for our sins um, to turn away God's wrath against our sin. Um, a centurion looked at him and he goes, man, truly, this is the son of God. You know what happens when you step out of the boat and you do what God wants you to do? People will look at you and they say, what in the world? Where does his and her faith come from? And they're going to see that you sacrifice and deny certain things that the world doesn't and other people don't. And they might just truly, they might say truly, truly, this is a child of God. This is someone different. So worship him. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if your life jacket is on and you're enjoying the scenery. I don't know um, if you're looking at your circumstances and wondering, no, that's not me. I don't know. Maybe you're seeing Jesus for the first time and you're saying, truly, this is the son of God. Or maybe you got out of your boat and you are walking and you are living by faith and you're moving forward. Praise God. Keep doing that. Uh, let me say a prayer with you today. Lord, thank you for what you continue to speak to us. Thank you that we see in scripture that we're not the only ones that have fears and failures. We're not the only ones that struggle, but we see that what you did with people that struggled, people that went through hard things, and you were there with them every step of the way. Continue to be with us every step of the way. Let our faith grow. And Lord, as everyone here um, continues to call on your name in prayer and worship you. Bless them, Lord, and bless North Valley Church. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.